All right, Thursday night football tonight, people. Tune in. Um, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Cincinnati Bengals. So we have two cats fighting. Jaguars versus Bengals. Which one's going to win? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. The game is, i tell you what. Well, I do know. The game is in Cincinnati. And I like Joe Burrow, man. Joe Burrow is that dude. I mean, well, he's not that dude right now, but I think he's on the verge of becoming that dude. So I'm rolling with the Cincinnati Bengals in this matchup. Um, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game. All right. Matter of fact, if the Jacksonville Jaguars win this game, I will not be surprised. I'm going to tell you why. It's hard for a team to lose, let's say, what, four games in a row? That has to be hard, right? And then the potential to lose your fourth game in a row, you're on national television where everyone is watching. You know, all your family and friends are watching, you know. So here's the thing. Let's say, like, if you have family, if you play for the Jacksonville Jaguars and you have family that lives in Texas and stuff, you know. Well, here's the thing. Whenever you're, um, if it's a Sunday, if it's a Sunday, guess what? Nine times out of ten, they're not going to be able to see your game. But it's Thursday night. You're the only football game on television. Professional football game on television, all right? Everybody's going to be watching, all right? And I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're like, man, the players, man, I got family and friends watching this. You know what? We're not about to win four. We're not about to lose four games in a row, okay? So that's what that's what I believe is, I think is going to keep this game close. Also, if you're Trevor Lawrence, man, you should be trying to get revenge on Joe Burrow. Listen, you can't go into a DeLorean and go back in time when you lost, when you're, you know, when you played for Clemson and you lost to the, to LSU. Okay, you can't go back and do that. I know he thinks about that. I could see if Joe Burrow wasn't a good quarterback or potentially the quarterback that's potentially going to be very very good in this league, but Joe Burrow is a potentially a good quarterback. He's on the path. So if you're Trevor Lawrence, you know what, man? Forget all the playbook stuff. Forget the record. You know what? Guess what? I'm going to put an L on that dude's record. Because how they did me in college, nuh-uh. And see, everybody is saying, you know, Burrow won that matchup. But here's the thing. You had Burrow going up against Clemson's defense and Trevor Lawrence going up against LSU's defense. All right? So if you Trevor Lawrence, you're like, man, if my defense did what they were supposed to do against Joe Burrow, we would have won that game. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be out for revenge, people. So nothing wrong with a little bit of revenge, all right? No matter what Will Smith said, Will Smith said he didn't want to do Django because it wasn't about love. It was coming from revenge. Let me tell you something. Nothing is, it's nothing wrong with revenge at times, okay? Especially within the confines of a football game. Here's the thing. Person beat you, you need to have it in your head that next time I, next time I play that person, I'm going to beat that person. I'm going to beat... Anybody that's associated with that person, I'm going to beat their mama, their daddy, their auntie, their uncle, grandma, grandpa, their kids. They're not going to get another L on, they're not going to get another W on me. I'm giving L's to everybody. And I think Trevor Lawrence should have that mentality today. All right. Pretty sure Urban Meyer is telling that to Trevor Lawrence. All right. But he shouldn't have to tell it to him because Trevor Lawrence, hey man, I expect Trevor Lawrence to ball out. But I don't think the Jaguars are going to win the game. Well, let me take that back, because as I think about it, well, the Bengals, they did beat the Steelers last week, and that was a big game for the Bengals, okay? Big game, all right? You beat a division opponent. You, you beat them. It was a very sound victory. You didn't, you didn't barely beat the Steelers. You beat them, okay? But um, 
So I wonder if, if see, with the Bengals, they're going to have to try not to overlook the Jacksonville Jaguars because, because of their record. They're still a professional team. This is not college football, Joe Burrow. You cannot overlook this team, all right? You cannot overlook them. You know, they get paid to play too. So with that said, man, I'm starting to lean a little bit more towards Jacksonville. But because this game is going to be in Cincinnati, okay, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to take care of business, people. I really do. All right. Well, you know what? What the hell? Let's take a risk, people. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win this game. All right. Check this out. The Cincinnati Bengals, they are coming just fresh to death off of beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. And guess what? They beat them, what, about three or four days ago. Today's Thursday. Guess what? They're going to overlook the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to come out there ready to play. Guns are blazing. Trevor Lawrence is ready to get his revenge. He is not about to allow Joe Burrow to beat him two times in a row on national television. Trevor Lawrence is about to show you why he is the number one pick. All right. So, I'm rolling with the Jacksonville Jaguars on this matchup, all right? So I'm going to end this portion of the video if you're watching YouTube. And if you listen to the podcast, I'm going to end this segment right here before I end up changing my mind, all right? Because I am known to do that. Before I mess around and make another video where I change my mind and say the Bengals are going to win. But I'm sticking to it. The Jacksonville Jaguars will defeat the Cincinnati Bengals today, all right? I guarantee it. (laughs) All right. Um, So... It's getting real in Philly, man, with Ben Simmons. It's getting real, people. Um, let's see. Joel Embiid, he mentioned today, he says, Our teams have always been built around Ben Simmons' needs. So it was kind of surprising to see what was said. Even going back to the reason we signed Al Horford, we got rid of Jimmy Butler, which I still think was a mistake, just to make sure he needed the ball in his hands. Is that the truth? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But man, it's it's like it for Joel Embiid, you know, I think he's given his truth and I think that's what he believes. And I think it's a lot of truth to that. Um because Jimmy Butler, you know, Jimmy Butler can just do about everything. You know, but Jimmy Butler, here's the thing. Like, Jimmy Butler can share the ball, but you know, when you have Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler, both of them at times can be very ball dominant at times. And and Ben Simmons needs the ball in his hands as far as dribbling more than Jimmy Butler, I believe. But damn, when you think about it, can you imagine this team with Jimmy Butler on it? Oh, man, they should have found a way to make that work, right? But anyways, um, I'm not, that's all that I know what Joel Embiid said. But I'm pretty sure he said some other things and... The way I look at it, man, I, I I see a lot of media, sports media, they're using this to make it seem like Joel Embiid has some type of beef or something with Ben Simmons. And I really don't believe that's the case. You know, in, in life, sometimes, you know, when one person is saying his or her truth and they feel like you don't do anything or they feel like they're not being appreciated and stuff and nothing doesn't go their way. Well, sometimes... It's the job of the other person to let them know, hit the let's hit the refresher button and be like, OK, so you say that we don't do anything to cater your needs. OK. And Joel Embiid said, well, we brought in Al Horford, who's a stretch five jack of all trades, big man. Right. We brought him to create more spacing. OK, so that way, because Jimmy Butler, he can shoot, but he's not a spot up shooter. Al Horford can be a spot up shooter, but he can just catch the ball and shoot. Jimmy Butler is more. He has a nice mid range game. He can shoot the three off the dribble. He's not. You don't really see Jimmy Butler shooting too many um, 
set three-pointers where he's just standing. You don't want Jimmy Butler just standing at the corner three. He can do that, but he can do a whole lot more too. So you you won't be you wouldn't be fully utilizing Jimmy Butler if you did that to him. But um, they brought in Al Horford for you, Ben Simmons. You know, so and this other and I, and I think overall Philly they have did their their due diligence as far as trying to build a team around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. You know, it's not like you're just trying to build a team around Ben Simmons because guess what, Joel Embiid is an awesome player as well. You know, but um and this team they was number one. They had the number one seed last year. Was the number one seed last year? Yeah. So they did something right. They just didn't win, like a lot of other teams did not win. Okay, but um, I have no problem with Joel Embiid said. I just don't like it. See, here's the thing. I believe that most people in this world, most people in this world do not pay attention to what they are reading. And they're going to just go by a headline or they're just going to go based off somebody else's reaction. They're going to respond that way instead of actually doing the research. Okay. There are people out there that do research, you know. Hey, but, um, but I just feel like, man, like they just using Joel and B just to get a bunch of sound bites and he's giving it to them. But, um, I don't think that should be a reason why Ben Simmons leaves the Philadelphia 76ers, not based off what Joel Embiid said right there, you know. But if you're Ben Simmons, now if now what Doc Rivers said, as far as he, he, he doesn't know whether or not um, they can win the championship with Ben Simmons at the point guard, well, yeah, that's worth thinking about leaving the team because this is your head coach. He is the one who designs the game plans, right? So, but... If I'm Ben Simmons, you know, I, I I believe Ben Simmons have thicker he has thicker skin than that. I really do. I really do. Um you got what Kendrick Perkins, Stephen A talking about this young man is scared. I, I don't think this young man is scared. Just cause you have some just cause he has doubt about his jump shot. In life we all have our doubts and stuff, and we're very, very hard on ourselves. We're very, very self critical of ourselves, more than most people. So just cause you have some doubts about yourself doesn't mean you're scared. Okay, so if he was scared, so he was scared to play defense, he was scared to rebound, he was scared to pass, he was scared to do other things, he, he didn't shoot the ball. But guess what? That can be fixed, that can be worked on. Proper coaching, um, encouragement from your teammates. They should be encouraging one another. I'm not sure if Ben Simmons encourages his teammates on anything that they fall short on, but he should. Okay, because it's, it's a team. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, um... But once again, I don't think that's anything that's worth Ben Simmons leaving on, not off of Joel, M- Joel Embiid's statements alone. So Bill O'Brien, um, man, who's no longer the Texans coach, of course, but um, we're around a campfire, according to this book that's coming out that about the Patriots, that um, that Bill O'Brien, because he wanted to succeed Bill Belichick, that he was willing to lose on purpose just to get the hell up out of the Houston Texans organization. Like, the thing about it is this. You know what? Let's pretend like this was true, right? Let's pretend like this was true. And let's think about the things that Bill O'Brien did. The big things he did. He released Andre Johnson. He tell Andre Johnson after having an 85 reception year that, yeah, you're going to get about 30 to 40 receptions this year. So they let him go. Dre Day, that's who we're talking about, people. Um, who else? He traded Dwayne Brown, left tackle. Sean Watson could have used him. He traded him a day after, like, let me see. He traded him the, 
next week after Deshaun Watson had like his second or third start in the NFL. Your rookie quarterback needs a left tackle, dude. He ended up getting Laramie Tunsil later on the next year, but still. All right, Dwayne Brown is still playing for Seattle right now, people. Could have used him. Could have kept those picks and didn't have to trade for Tunsil. Could have used that on somebody, right? Um, Traded Jadavian Clowney for players who were not on the same level as Jadavian Clowney. All right. Um, oh, when he didn't want to draft Deshaun Watson. That was Rick Smith who did that. He didn't want to draft Deshaun Watson. He didn't want to draft him. Then he kept playing this pretend game as if, yeah, Tom Savage, my guy. Tom Savage, my guy. Like, are you serious? Over Deshaun Watson? No. I'm not talking about just name status whatever I'm talking I'm referring to how they are performing at practice and in preseason yeah and then traded DeAndre Hopkins D-Hop for David Johnson check this out the Texans still have David Johnson on their team and guess what they have a four running back rotation you know you know what the Cardinals have with DeAndre Hopkins they, they have a number one receiver who's a top five top three receiver in the league so you didn't even trade him for a running back that can be the main running back. You traded him for a running back that can handle the, the load partially. Then also he helped bring in Jack Easterby. <laughs> then Jack Easterby took though took over and got him fired. <laughs> but the way I look at it, man. You know, the New England Patriots, they, to me, they don't come off as a dumb organization. Never have, not in the past 20 years. So the way I look at it, I don't think he was, you know, he might have wanted, I'm pretty sure he wanted to succeed Bill Belichick, but I don't think Robert Kraft was going to pick him. Because if that was the case, he wouldn't have allowed him to go to the Texans. And I don't think Robert Kraft would encourage, I don't think the Patriots would want anybody to succeed Bill Belichick who purpose, who quote-unquote purposely lost games on purpose you know i refuse to believe that nah -uh. and and i just could can't see um bill belichick's successor becoming coming from the houston texans organization because normally you know you go from the Patriots to the Texans because you're about to get more money and you're getting a more of a promotion. You're getting more freedom. But I don't recall the Patriots ever receiving anything outside of a draft pick from the Texans. You know, you don't hear about any former Texans going to the Patriots. You don't hear about any former Texans coaches going to the Patriots. It's not the Patriot way, right? <laughs> but, um, man, that's... You know, I, I here's the thing. I like Bill O'Brien as a coach. I didn't like him as a GM. I like him as a coach. You know, um, I thought he was a pretty good coach. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another chance as a head coaching job in the NFL. He'll probably, I'm pretty sure he'll get one in college, depending on which route he want to go to. But I had no problem with him overall as a head coach. Does that mean he did not have flaws? Hell yeah, he has flaws. Everybody has flaws, people. But I liked him as a head coach. You know, people still... Criticized him heavily when they was up 24-0 in the Kansas City Chiefs. And they said, man, he shouldn't have went for it on fourth down. Man, listen. 
when you're getting ready to go for it on fourth down and you have momentum like the Texans had in that game, you say, man, this is a ballsy move right here. A lot of courage right here. You know, he has the mitigated gall. He's showing, he's showing that he's trying to win this game. But guess what? When you don't get it converted, everybody's mad at you. But it had, let's say had he converted that, guess what? The Texans would have extended that drive even longer and then ran more time off the clock than it would have been at least get a field goal. That would have been 27 nothing. So I'm not mad at him for shooting for the stars. There's an old saying that says, you know, you know why you go out on a limb? Because that's where the fruit is at. The fruit is hanging on a limb. Yeah, you may fall, but if you don't fall, you get the fruit. If you fall, you get back up. Go get that fruit. All right. But, um, yeah, I, I don't believe that. And that's one of those things, like I said, man, people care about a good, interesting story over the truth. Is that an interesting story, whether it's the truth or not? Yeah, it is. It'll make a good movie, good t TV show. I don't think that's the truth, though. I really don't. I don't think Nick Saban would have brought him in on that. I'm pretty Nick Saban does his research on people. Oh. Uh, so that's a bunch of malarkey. I don't believe that. Man, what's up with ESPN, man? Man, ESPN had lost has lost a lot of talent over a few years, man. They lost Skip Bayless to Fox. Chris Broussard to Fox. Emmanuel Acho to Fox. Marcellus Wiley to Fox. Katie Nolan. Is not there anymore. I don't know if she's going back to Fox or where she's going. Um, Maria Taylor. Um, who else? Who else am I am I missing? And who who else am I missing? Who who is gone? Dan Lebertard gone. You know all this talent leaving ESPN. I mean Rachel Nichols. Well, she's not on her. She doesn't have the NBA NBA the Jump Show anymore. Man, like a lot of turmoil. Over there in ESPN, man, it's almost as if it's almost as if they're similar to the Houston Texans, losing all these players. Like, does anybody still want to go over there? Like, they still have Max Kellerman, but Max Kellerman is not on first take anymore. And to me, first take has it. Here's the thing: Max Kellerman was never going to be able to replace Skip Bayless. Those are big shoes to fill, but he did his thing, man. And now he's not on there anymore. You still got Molly on there, who's dope. Um, Stephen A is dope, but it's like this whole each day they're bringing a different person thing. I'm not feeling that. Feeling not feeling that at all. I need consistency. To me, that's the equivalent to let's say you have a starting backcourt. Uh, let's say let, let's say you okay. Let, let's say um, let's say you got a starting backcourt, right? Let's say you have the let's take the Detroit Pistons back when they had Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars. Okay. So you have um that that what that's what I would say Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith was, right? Okay. So then now let's say um Skip Bayless leaves. So now they're backcourt, they're more like a um Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Okay. Alright. I put Russell Westbrook and James Harden backcourt below Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars backcourt because that Pistons backcourt won two championships in a row. All right. But that's still a good backcourt, Harden and Westbrook. So now, okay, you don't have Max Kellerman there anymore. So let's say Kellerman was Westbrook, okay? So now it's, that would be equivalent to having, like, James Harden. You know what? <laughs> Current thing. What's going on right now? All right. 
So Kyrie Irving, you got Kyrie Irving and James Harden in your backcourt, right? Good, awesome backcourt. So, but let's say you remove Kyrie Irving. Let's say if he got traded or something, right? Not saying he should get traded, but let's say if he did, hypothetically speaking, that would be equivalent to putting, all right, instead of, that would be equivalent to putting um, Joe Harris in Kyrie Irving's spot. And that's not bad. But then the next game, you're starting, um, the next game will be you're starting, um, the next game, you will be starting Patty Mills in the backcourt with James Harden, okay? And then the next day, after that, the next game, you will be starting another a mystery player. See, there's no consistency. See, with that show, you need consistency. And what I loved about the dynamic between Stephen A. and Max Kellerman, yeah, Max Kellerman was more of a matter-of-fact guy and stuff. And a lot of times, guess what, man? Max Kellerman was killing Stephen A. on a, on a certain point of view, Okay. Now, Stephen A. had his victories, too. But what I'm saying is you could tell whenever Stephen A. was losing because he'll play the, I know, I listen, I've forgotten more basketball than you ever know, Max Kellerman. Now, if it's something about boxing, then I'll defer to you. Here's the thing. As much as Max Kellerman knows about boxing, he doesn't know everything. You know what I'm saying? And he can be receptive to somebody else's perspective or understand that, well, I could be wrong. I could be right or whatever. But Stephen A., oh, my goodness, whenever... It's to the point where he doesn't have a good comeback. That's what he goes to, you know. It's like, hey, man, Stephen A., you don't have it right on basketball all the time. And he and Stephen A. knows a lot about the game of basketball. Not knocking his basketball knowledge, but nobody is right all the time. Just because you're on TV and you got a lot of sources doesn't mean you're right all the time, you know. But, man, this whole turnover with ESPN, oh, my goodness, man. Like, you know what? You know what ESPN can, you know who they can use? You know who can fix ESPN? Jack Easterby. Jack Easterby, man, this guy's an awesome motivational speaker, man. You know, he, he, you know, he's a good judge of character, makes awesome moves, and guess what? You know what? I think he can help ESPN. Like, he should send his resume over there, you know, and hopefully ESPN can hire him. The Texans organization, they're going to miss him. They're going to miss him, but... It will be the ESPN's gain, you know, because guess what? He gets to do his thing on a national level. And Jack Easterby will still be with us Texans fans in spirit, you know. So I think that would be pretty cool. What you think? All right. Do the Texans have the meals to pay the bills? Do they? Well, I believe they do. You have Davis Mills who's going to be starting against who? The Buffalo Bills. All right. I think I think they have a chance. They have a chance. Listen, I know the odds are against the Texans. Look at it. I mean, no Deshaun Watson, no Tyrod Taylor. Got a rookie quarterback going up against the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Um, you know we have Dave Dave Cully at coach. They have Mc, they have McDermott at coach. You know they have Josh Allen, who's an MVP candidate at quarterback. All right. They have Stefan Diggs. We got Brandon Cooks. Okay, that's a good fair matchup. They have, a, they have a good defense. They have Singletary running back. We have a four-headed monster at running back. Well, we have one body with four heads type running back, whatever it is you call that. 
But let me tell you something that the Texans have that the Bills don't have. It's two things that the Texans have that the Bills don't have. Number one, the Texans have the Mills to pay the Bills. You have Davis Mills. The fact that his name, his last name is Mills and it rhymes with Bills, that gives us some type of psychological advantage over the Buffalo Bills. All right. Here's another big thing. Guess what? The Houston Texans have Jack Easterby. Jack Easterby is a great motivational speaker. Okay, and let me tell you something. When these Houston Texans are down, no one can lift their spirits up. Okay, and give them a speech that will crush, um, that will crush any speech that Coach Taylor can give. Clear eyes, full hearts. Oh, it'll destroy that. Easterby speech will like run circles around um, Al Pacino's speech in any given Sunday, where he says, "You gotta crawl for that inch." Yeah. I'm telling you, okay, it will stomp any doggone speech that Charles S. Dutton can give to Rudy, okay? It could stomp any speech that Nick Nolte gave to Shaq and Penny in, um, in Blue Chips. Oh, man, it would just stone cold stunner Steve Austin, boom, a double stone cold stunner. Any speech that James Kahn can give Omar Epps <laughs> in um the program for real. Oh, it'll stump any speech that they could have those players could have got on uh, major league. You got the best motivational speech speak speaker in the game. Tony Robbins, Eric Thomas got nothing on Jack Easterby. All right, so here's the thing: not only do we have the Mills to pay the to pay to beat the Bills. We got Jack Easterby, all right? That's our secret weapon. And guess what? Guess what, Texas fans? Jack Easterby going to give a hell of a speech that's going to help motivate this Texans team to defeat the Buffalo Bills, okay? With that said, I'm still not sure who I'm going to pick. I'm still not sure because you can have all the motivation in the world, and guess what, people? You can still lose. Motivation can help you maybe in a quarter or a possession, but is it going to carry out through the rest of the game? We shall see. We shall see. We shall overcome. We shall see. <laughs> so some updated Deshaun Watson news. All right, so we talked about the other day how Jay Glazer had mentioned, watch out, it's going to be some news dropping and stuff about Deshaun Watson. So also, um... Chris Sims had reported that um, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, he wants to, they want to pursue a trade in acquiring Deshaun Watson. Now, here's the thing. This doesn't mean that this is the first time that they're, they were trying to acquire Deshaun Watson. And it doesn't mean it's second, third, fourth, fifth, or last or whatever. But I think what it is is that, you know, um, if you're the Eagles, you know, they still got that, that taste in their mouth after losing, getting blown out by the Dallas Cowboys, their division rival on national television on Monday Night Football. So, you know what? It makes sense for them to want to acquire about Deshaun Watson. You know, they got Gordon Minshew there. Um, so I guess they don't believe all the way in Jalen Hurts. I still think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. I think he's going to have a real good, good career in this league. All right. But anyways, um, hey, man, I, I could see him going to Philly. But the thing about it is, is Philadelphia even on his list? Because people are forgetting that there's a trade clause in Deshaun Watson's contract where he gets to he had whatever trade, whatever team the Texans try to trade him to. He has to sign off on it. 
He has to sign off on it, okay? So they can't just trade him anywhere. He has to sign off on it. And I think that's a big part of why he has not been traded as well because the Texans probably already have somebody else that they want to trade him to, but Deshaun Watson is probably not going to sign off on it. You know, but I know the Dolphins and the Broncos are at least two of the teams he had. I'm not sure who the other two teams were. But um, I think Carolina Panthers might have been one. Um, but I don't, you know, um, I'm surprised he didn't miss mention Atlanta. He's from Georgia, I believe, in that area. But, um... You know, we'll see. Um, but if Deshaun Watson go to the Eagles, you know what? That will be awesome. You get to see Dak versus Deshaun two times a year. The last time they played against each other where the Cowboys played the Texans, that was like two seasons ago. Two seasons ago, that was a phenomenal game. Both quarterbacks, both young quarterbacks went out there and played a phenomenal game. The Texans, thank God they won that game in overtime with the with the famous um, De, um, DeAndre Hopkins. He caught the pass from Deshaun Watson. It looked like something you do in Madden where you just hitting the spin button. He must have did like 20 or 30, 4,500 spin moves before he got into the end zone. Surprised that young man, Deshaun Watson, did not, De, DeAndre Hopkins, did not get dizzy and throw up in the end zone. It's a phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. But I tell you what, let me know. What do you think? Do you think if, if you're an Eagles fan, hey, man, do, do you want Deshaun Watson on your team? If he's able to play, do you want you? Would you rather have Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts, or Gordon Mitchell? Sound off if you're an Eagles fan 